It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, we're going to have a ceremony. No, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, CLNS Radio, Red Sox beat. Jess Thomas, Jared Scally here, no Lauren Campbell. She is just under the weather, apparently, and busy, and who else would knows what Lauren's doing this week, but no Lauren. Um, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is Red Sox beat podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, listen to us on Stitcher everywhere. You've helped us so far. We appreciate that, of course. Uh, we've got 34 days until pitchers and catchers, 27 days to the most useless holiday of the year in truck day. Sorry, Lauren. Um... And, and we're excited. You know, there's some stuff going on. Um, there's some big news in the alumni Red Sox world, I guess you can call it that, Jess, that we'll get to, which I'm very excited to talk about. Um, but first, you know, there's some stuff to talk about about this team and this current team. So, Jess, uh, one bit of news, and I know you're doing well, but Eduardo Rodriguez isn't doing that well this week, Jess. Yeah, he's had some rough times uh, over the last couple of years here, <laughs> One thing after another for this guy, whether it's uh, injuries, uh, not being mentally strong enough to throw his pitches correctly, or any any of the rest. Um, yeah, I mean, he gets all excited to do the Winter Baseball Classic. He's going to work himself up to spring training. He's going to be all ready and strong and everything. And then he tweaks his knee. They say it's not a big deal. Then they don't want to pitch him anymore. And then Don Brasky says he's not going to be in the rotation. Good job, Erod. And that's obviously now, you know, he could, he could earn a spot back come, you know, come spring training time, which is not far away, of course. Um, so, but right now it's intriguing to see, I'm not, I'm not surprised to see Stephen Wright being penciled in, um, because of what he did last year. And just realistically, Stephen Wright can't pitch out of the bullpen. You know, it's not, he's not one, that kind of guy, but I could see Drew Pomeranz in a long relief role, and I was thinking about this uh, honestly as the intro was playing. Uh, um, and is the Pomeranz in the rotation almost a sign that Dombrowski doesn't want to make his deal, giving up Anderson Espinosa look bad? This, is this kind of a way of saying, you know what, we still stand by Pomeranz in the trade we made? 
honestly, yes, you took the words right out of my, out of my mouth. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what I've been thinking ever since they were trying to figure. Well, ever since this whole thing of who's going to be in the rotation has been talked about for the last several weeks, I, I have been saying the entire time, there's no way Pomerantz isn't going to start because they traded their best their best prospect pitcher pitching prospect for him. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way after just pitching for like two months that they're going to put him in the bullpen after trading that much for him. It just doesn't make any sense. you got to get the guy a shot. And, you know, the injuries they were talking about last year and the whole should we give him back to the Padres and all that stuff, you know, it was kind of a lot of uncertainty around it. So I guess at least pitch him to start the year, see if he's healthy, see if he's actually as good as they think he is, and then go from there. But to not start him after all that, it just seems kind of cruel. It does seem kind of cruel. Um, so let, let's talk about Eduardo Rodriguez here, Jess, because like you said a couple seconds ago, you know, he's worked through so much. You know, he's coming back trying to be strong, gets hurt again, and now being left out of the rotation. What does this mean in your eyes for Eduardo Rodriguez? Because I, I see it as a chance, another just another obstacle. I do see him being in the starting rotation at some point this year, and um, I, don't, I don't think it means he's being traded by any means, but – what are you seeing this news right now that coming out this week? Like, what does that say for him coming up with pitchers and catchers about a month away? Well, I don't see it necessarily as a trade, but I do see it as a lack of confidence in him, first of all, to not even have the confidence to put him in a rotation. And then the fact that they can still do this, knowing that he may be a little more immature, maybe not deal with things so well, you know, like just not having confidence in his need to pitch, you know, like his mind maybe just isn't there. And to do this from him and already announce in the first week of January that he's, that he's probably not going to be in the rotation, what is that going to do going to do for the guy's confidence when he already probably doesn't have that much confidence in the first place? I think this might be a start or continuation of a downward spiral for the guy. Yeah, and it, it's a shame because, I mean, a lot, a lot of times when we traded for him and when, they, when the Red Sox traded Andrew Miller to get this guy, a lot of people said, you know, that's a lot to give up for this guy, but maybe it's worth it. And Baltimore, obviously, I would say won that trade because they needed Andrew Miller at the time, um, and, and they made that run with him. And obviously, unfortunately, they lost him after that. But right now, you're looking back at it and going, "Wouldn't Baltimore? Isn't Baltimore happy they didn't keep this guy? Because isn't he more of a headache than than a solution at this point?" Yeah, I mean, you always wonder. Guys are always hyped up as the next big prospect or the next great pitcher, and he kind of was. You know, he was. You know, it wasn't like unreal expectation. Like this guy's gonna be the best lefty in history, but it was at least at least expectations. Like this guy's one of the better better lefty prospects in the league. He could be a really good pitcher. Then obviously he comes here and he pitches really well in the first couple of months. That everyone's like, oh, we're right about that guy. He is the next best pitcher. We were totally right. And then it kind of went downhill from there. So yeah, I mean, it has it has kind of turned into a headache. So they're probably not too sad about that obviously you could turn it around we all want him to turn it around if he's going to be here at least but this isn't a good sign for that if he can't even crack the rotation when they trade buckholtz to open up more room for people to be in the rotation and he still can't do it no and you're right because a lot of guys you know have that you know you get labeled as the next big thing and some people don't flourish you know henry owens was the next big thing and all these guys down and henry owens is barely still on triple i don't even i don't even know what's going to happen with him this year but you know all these guys are labeled the next big thing and that's why i look you know, Yohan Moncada is a good example, right? We just traded for Chris Sale, and some people were like, well, Yohan Moncada is the next big thing. And it's like, yeah, but maybe he's not. You don't know. Um, <laughs> right. You never. Well, yeah, I mean, Erod was just two years ago, and when, when he's the ace, he's the ace, he's the ace, he's the ace. It was the big, uh, the big excitement of spring training when they had no aces, and Clay Buckholz was the best pitcher. Erod was supposed to be the number two. Yep. 
Yeah. And that, was, that search seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. You're <laughs> right. And it, we, we were, nope. like, so happy to have Eduardo Rodriguez, and we were chirping him as the savior of this rotation and blah, blah, blah. And little behold, now you have Chris Sale and David Price pitching on the same rotation. But Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rick Porcello, sir. Okay, but, like, Rick Porcello, Porcello was a household to... name. Nope, Two years nope, ago, nope. was Rick Porcello a household name? No, but he deserves to be spoken before Price. <laughs> okay, that's completely fair. My point is, two years ago, if you told me Chris Sale and David Price would both be on the Red Sox in two years, I would have thought you were crazy. And you wouldn't have cared about Rick Porcello. And I wouldn't have <laughs> given a crap about Rick Porcello. I barely gave a crap about Rick Porcello until, like, halfway through last year. So <laughs> it's a thing where, like, as much as I love Rick Porcello now, I think I'm over, like, hating him. But at the same time, two years ago, David Price and Chris Sale on the same team was, was like, a pipe dream. And now... Uh, so Eduardo Rodriguez' issues would have been even more of an issue, but now it's, okay, they figured it out. Dombrowski kind of is masking the issue, and now the big question for me is what does Erod really have for the Red Sox and what's next for him? You know, what does Eduardo Rodriguez do for this team if he's not in the rotation? Because I don't think anyone's ever really seen Eduardo Rodriguez just as a long reliever. You know, I don't, I don't see that, but now – I can't imagine they're going to let him go back to AAA, would they? You know, I saw a couple things earlier today, a couple articles saying that, you know, posing the question at least, is Erod going to start in, in Pawtucket? And, I mean, it doesn't seem so far-fetched if they're not even going to have him start in the rotation. Because, yeah, I agree with you. I can't really see him as a long reliever. He's not – doesn't seem like that kind of pitcher. It seems like he would take a long time to warm up and to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. I know, you never know. Same thing with Clay Buckholz, and he actually did well in the bullpen, but at the moment, I'm just not seeing him as much of a reliever type, so maybe he will start in AAA. That'd be a huge fall. That would be crazy. Maybe it'll help. Who knows? But with with that situation, you look at what's going on in Boston, and, you know, maybe he's the odd man out because, look, you're not going to put Drew Pomerantz in AAA. That'd be even more of an admission of defeat than putting him in the bullpen for your trade for Espinosa. So I can't imagine. They're not going to do that. Joe Kelly's not going anywhere. You're not going to put Erod in the bullpen. So if someone's the automated out, Stephen Wright's not going back down there. He pitched too well. So as long as they don't let Stephen Wright run any more bases next year, then <laughs> you're going to be fine. you're going to be fine. So look, I I wouldn't think it'd be a, a terrible decision to put him in the minors, but it all depends on one. You need to get him fixed. You need to get him right, hundred percent healthy. You know, now there's no pressure on him. It could be a good situation for him in the sense. And the Red Sox might be thinking the same thing, you know. Take the pressure off. You're not in the rotation. Yes, you might have to go to AAA for a little bit. But it's to get you right. It's to get your mechanics fixed. And who knows if you need him, you know. Um, we, we wanted to mention this, too. I can kind of segue into it. Mark Bertrand mentioned that David Price is miserable here this week. He, ta- he, th- he talked about that. What does that mean? You know, like, what, how, how long does David Price have here? He has an opt-out after 2018. So you, you might need Erod short term you might need him long term so you need to get him right if you can yeah i think i think it actually would be smart to start him in Pawtucket because then you have that that kind of safety valve if he's reliable at all if Wright doesn't pitch well if pomerantz doesn't pitch well if god forbid david price doesn't pitch well uh, or any of them really i'm not that you would take porcello or or uh sale out of the rotation obviously but just any of them not pitching well to have that safety valve of erod in Pawtucket ready to come up and pitch well and knock someone out to the bullpen I think that I think that would make the most sense at this point, at least. And yeah, on the David Price thing, or Bertrand, I just, I just found it interesting, just because you know, people are a lot of people. Most people are expecting Price incredibly good this year. 
Rangers off, second year in Boston, wins some playoff games, blah, blah, blah. And Bertrand was like, nope, he's miserable here in Boston. He wishes he signed with the Cardinals. He doesn't want to be here, which means you need to be inconsistent and not pitch well and make excuses for things. And I wouldn't be surprised that happened at all. I'm one of those people who hopes he'll have a bounce back here and be really good. But it's hard to trust the guy, and he hasn't really proven to us that he can be trusted. And Bertrand said he should get rid of his Twitter, which Peter Abraham already said, and I agree with yeah, I, I definitely think getting rid of the Twitter would be the number one thing to do. Um, no matter what you have going on in life, you get rid of your Twitter. Um, because David Price clear has that, proven clear that he, <laughs> he cannot handle being in social media. Um, but it's intriguing to, to see Mark Bertrand's comments about not enjoying being here. And um, I'd love to honestly get – we should get Jerry Krabs back on the show or at least text him because I'm intrigued to see what his take on this is because you know they're buddy-buddy. Um, yeah. And I, I think that – I wouldn't be surprised if that was the truth, Jess, because, you know, you, you see all this, you know, back and forth on Twitter with fans and not doing well in the pressure. And, you know, if you went to St. Louis, you would have been on a decent team, would have made that team better. And in a market where, you know, if they win, they're great and they're, they're applauded for because they've been a baseball town. But if they lose, they don't get the scrutiny. You know, we here in Boston as fans, as media members, um, we like to hate on the players when they're not doing well because they deserve it. Right. That's our that's our mentality here. And he's not one to thrive in that in that area. So I'm not ready to push him out of town yet by any means. I want him to succeed this year. But I can definitely see why either Mark Bertrand would think this or maybe know things that we don't know. Um, I, I, can complete, I can completely see how this could be true. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, and you know, Price has already said that he came here because of the money. We gave him the best deal. We gave him more money in St. Louis, so we came here. He's already said that before in the past. So, he, I mean, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't really necessarily make you believe that he actually wanted to come here or actually thought he would be good here. He just came here because we gave him the most money. Yeah, basically, and he did say that. He said, you know, all the reports and all the rumors when he signed it was, oh, Red Sox came in late with a really big offer and he couldn't refuse it. Um, yeah, like what so, thirty million dollars more than the. Cardinals or something, exactly. Right? And like, as much yeah. as you might not want to come to Boston, they throw thirty extra million dollars on on your contract. You're going to go play with that, for that team. Um, I mean, I can't imagine he would have done that for like the Marlins or someone like or like someone really bad like the Brewers. But you know, it's, the, it's Cardinals or Red Sox. The Red Sox are going to pay you that much more. You're going to go play for Boston, right? And you think you'd like that being a good pitcher, thriving in Boston where the fans love you. Yeah, and you would think that you know, a player like David Price would want to do well here. And uh, so maybe there is some truth to that because maybe he's just not that, I mean, we know he's not, a, we know he's a mental case, but uh, that being said, um, we'll obviously keep an eye on him throughout <laughs> the year, but being a mental case is, is must be a tough life. Um, one thing that interests me too was the Red Sox rumor mill this week um, and in the last couple of weeks, to be honest, but um, apparently they the Red Sox might be interested in Trevor Plouffe um, and Trevor Plouffe has been, I wouldn't say up or down, but I mean, I have his stats in front of me here in been with Minnesota his entire career, seven years here. And he's not an overall phenomenal player. He's not like an, um, like superstar, but at this point, Jess, you have to think if they were to say, bring him in, right. You know, just a veteran guy who's been in the league, uh, might be one of, want be want to play in a good situation rather than play in Minnesota. Um, you have to think that at this point that would have to be, insurance for Pablo Sandoval in case the weight goes back on, in case he doesn't play as well, in case he just isn't good at baseball anymore. You know, you got to think there's insurance for that with him. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to have Pluth's insurance for Sandoval. Obviously, we haven't gotten him yet. It's just it's just in the rumor mill, but having a guy who has numbers pretty much on par with Sandoval at least two years ago, um, 
and obviously Sandoval didn't even really play last year, to have someone like that sitting behind him, waiting for him, I think it's good even just for a reminder, just to say, hey, we got someone waiting. If you're not good, you might want to play better. You might want to play good. So I think it's a good idea. I think it might be good to get him. And, you know, he could help even if he didn't replace Sandoval just as a backup or a guy to fill in from here or there because obviously we haven't had a lot of good third base options recently. And uh, Plouffe's been a pretty decent player. Yeah, he hasn't been, like, a stud by any means, but, I mean, serviceable, um, except, I mean, take out 2016 where he only played 84 games. Uh, 2015, 14, and 13, he played 152, 136, and 129 games, respectively. So this guy has been durable throughout most of his career um, between, like, days off and minor injuries here and there, just rest type of things. But he wouldn't be a, a bad serviceable backup to Pablo or just as a, you know, a... I wouldn't say a scapegoat, but it's almost like a scare tactic for 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 Banda. Um, so whips him in the shape, say, "Hey, yeah, it might you you might be the guy in charge right now, but we brought someone else in, and he's gonna be on this team because if you bring Trevor Plouffe in, you're not getting rid of him. You're probably gonna keep him on the roster. So if you bring him in, that's a hey, he's around, so you better work the entire year, or you're not gonna play again." I mean, I was shocked when the Twins released him. To be honest with you, I, I saw that and I was like, "Wait." He's like one of their better players, isn't he? Why are they releasing him? So because they, they suck anyway. Well, yeah, they do. But They're still, terrible. when you see when you see a guy who's a pretty decent player and someone releases him, you're like releasing. What they couldn't couldn't they have gotten something for the guy? That's probably yeah. true. Um, I'm sure he was very happy, honestly, to be like, go by the Twins. Um, yeah, probably so, yeah. Because he's probably going to get picked up for like as a depth piece from, like, say, the Red Sox or someone who's actually like in it. So he might actually get to play on a decent team for once. Um, he was on. He was on that twins. Those couple twins teams that were good, though, wasn't he? That was um, or was that before his time? Um, they haven't been good for a while, have they? When were they good? Was that before we graduated high school? Because that was two thousand ten. Might have been. They, they may have been good, like right at the beginning of that. But I think ever since he got good, I don't think they've been good. That's before they, they they were good for a little bit. I remember those teams that were okay. What? Because um, like Morneau and Maurer and them, yeah. right? Those teams, yeah. I don't think he was on those teams. Um, But either way, he he is a decent player, and you wouldn't hate to have him here. But um, just a rumor, of course, and it probably won't even happen. Just like uh, I wish Greg Holland would happen, but it probably won't. Um, A lot of things just sit there and don't happen. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that did happen, but uh, the Red Sox did sign someone to a minor league deal this week. Uh, and, um, and, And, I mean, very minor to be said, but Brian Bogovic? Bosvek? How do we say how do you say it? What do we agree on before the show? Uh we agreed on um Bogusevic. Bogusevic, that's right. Bogusevic. Uh, Brian Bogusevic. Almost sounds like it looks. Um very minor deal, but I mean hey, they're adding depth. They have to rebuild the system somehow, right, Jess? Yeah, I mean, you never know. He could be he's an outfielder. He could be a a quick piece, but most likely he won't make it to the majors. And I want to add, I just looked it up. Uh, the last good season for the Twins was 2010, so basically right when he started. So he, started. he just he just missed that, unfortunately. Yeah, just missed the fun times in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> one okay, so besides that minor ad, there are some other things to talk about. Of course, don't forget our show today has been brought to you so far, and will be the rest of the way uh, by our good friends at Audible. So don't forget to go check them out. Of course. Um, Two weird news from Red Sox alumni. I kind of tinted this at the beginning of the show, but uh, we'll start with the less fun one. Uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka um, is playing winter ball and has a 2-7 ERA, hasn't pitched in the big league since 2014. 
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Dice Game after Zach had, like, what, one good year in the majors. Um, is there any chance he pitches in the majors this year? No, I doubt it. I mean, he's 36. He's pitched a lot of innings. He pitched a lot of innings before he even came to Austin in the first place. And then he wasn't that good because he was probably already worn out and tried to be too perfect with those fastballs. And that's why he walked the house the and more. The gyro ball. Yeah, the fake gyro ball that never even was. Um, yeah, I'm sick of this guy. Even now, I'm still sick of him. I was sick of him from the beginning. <laughs> he had one good one good season in 08 where he was 18-3. and three, But... And his ERA was 290, but he had 94 walks and basically loaded the bases every inning and got out of it and never went past the fifth inning. So that was probably the most misleading 18-3 season that's ever existed in the history of baseball. Um, he was honestly better the year before when he was 15-12 and 12 with a 440 ERA, less walks. He pitched more <laughs> innings, uh, but he still was kind of mad and even at that. So, yeah, I'm tired of the guy, and I haven't even seen him pitch in so long. No, he's not going to pitch in the majors. He's washed up. He's 36. I don't care what his ERA is. Yeah, it's winter ball also. If you can't, if you have a 2-7 or whatever it is in, the, in winter ball, you're probably not actually doing that well. Um, because if you actually <laughs> bump like two, pitch your, two points to that. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're who are you playing against in winter ball, seriously. You shouldn't have a 2-7 uh, in winter ball if you're actually a major league pitcher. Um other news, very, very exciting news, um, like super exciting. Uh, Manny Ramirez is going to play baseball again. Like he signed a contract today. Um, he is going to play with Japan's uh, Kochi Fighting Dogs. So Manny's going to be a fighting dog. Um, he last played in the majors in 2011, of course. Um, he is 44 years old. Last spot known in the majors was on the Cubs coaching staff as like an advisor. Um, but yeah, Ma- just Manny's going to be a fighting dog. <laughs> How awesome is that? He's back. He's uh, back, baby. I think you're getting more excited about it than I am. I don't want to bring you down, but I, this really doesn't mean much to me. <laughs> I do not love Manny. Oh, just to be able to see live Manny Ramirez baseball swings again, I can't wait. Yeah, but he's 44. Who knows if he still has that swing? Who knows if he's totally oh, he washed you didn't up? See the, you didn't see Twitter? Oh, he has the swing. Okay, great. Well, he has a swing, but um, hopefully it's off steroids instead of on steroids. It can be on steroids. <laughs> he's going to Japan. He can put steroids in his body again. It's fine. Good, and that's why I don't care because I'm, I'm not about the steroid life. If he, if he wants to do it clean, maybe I'll consider uh, watching it. But he's old news. I know people get excited about that, but he's 44. It's Japan, and it just doesn't excite me very much. Sorry okay, to be let me, a, yeah, let me ask downer. you a question. I, I, you can't bring me down. Just like when Clay Buckholz was traded. You, no matter what you say about Clay Buckholz, you can't bring him down. That he was off the, he's, off, he's not on this team anymore. You know um, you want him back. <laughs> maybe halfway through. Just kidding. Never. Um <laughs> You have to. You have to admit, though, you loved Manny when he was here. You enjoyed what he what he did for this team. Oh yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed him. It was a sad day when all the performance enhancing stuff came out because he was definitely one of the most fun players in the history of Red Sox. And his tandem with Ortiz was was something fun. And watching him win two World Series and just being great year after year and doing what he wants and having that beautiful swing. No, I loved him. He was definitely one of my favorite players. But he kind of. Kind of was ruined in my eyes with all the uh, steroids and things, unfortunately, and it makes me wish it wasn't like that. And I don't want to think that our championships are tainted and all that. I know you can have different opinions on that stuff, but it's still it's there. It happened, and he got caught a couple times, so that kind of uh, kind of burned me out a little, unfortunately. But Pedro's on the team, so he untainted everything. Um, <laughs> if that's the way I look at it. If, if, every, if anyone was tainted on that team, Pedro just took it away because he was so untainted, it wasn't even funny. Um, 
but I, I had to bring it up because I just love Manny. I always loved Manny. Manny was great. Manny being Manny was like, I wouldn't say what I lived by, but <laughs> I definitely enjoyed the <laughs> mantra uh, growing up and being able to watch him play for the team, of course. Um, a couple news around the, 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 uh, the league itself before we get out of here for the week. Um, we'll get, we were going to do a scenario, but we're going to push that off to next week, I think, just because I want Lauren to be part of that. Um, yeah, I agree. Because it was her idea. <laughs> um, yeah. So we should probably let her be a part of that. So, Lauren, you're welcome. Um, keep thinking if you don't know the answer to that one. Um, but the Mariners uh, did make a deal. Um, the Mariners get Giovanni Gallardo from the Orioles for Seth Smith. Um, and the same day, the Mariners sent Nathan uh, Camps to the Royals for Jared Dyson. So the Mariners are making moves, Jess. Um, but the big one, obviously, being Giovanni Gallardo um, from the Orioles. Where's your Spanish accent, Jared? It's Giovanni Gallardo. Giovanni Gallardo. <laughs> he still blew it. <laughs> I, I, I blew it. I actually did, I did the Gallardo on purpose. Giovanni Gallardo. Gallardo, where's your – come on, double L. Yama. I didn't L. speak Spanish. L-L. I didn't take Spanish. I took French. All right, fine. I took Spanish, so I'm all about the Gallardo. But I'm not that good at Spanish. Either way, Spanish-speaking, French-speaking aside, uh, yeah, he's a pretty good pitcher. I mean, he's getting a little older, but he's still a good pitcher. Uh, and I think that his pitching is probably better than Seth Smith's batting, so I'd say the Mariners probably get the better of that deal. Yeah, I, I think I like Giovanni Gallardo. I'm saying it in English. Don't correct me. <laughs> um, I, I think okay. he. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I think he's. I think he's in a good situation going to the Mariners. Um, and the Mariners, look, the Mariners want to win. You know, they're, they're kind of close last year. They've had expectations. A lot of people have picked them as, like, that sexy look go-to pick uh, every year. And it's felt kind of, everyone's kind of falling flat <laughs> on their face with that pick. But, yeah, um, it hasn't worked out too well for them. Myself included. Um, and Me too. I think they're trying, they're trying to win. And they're going to make moves. They're not going to want to rebuild and be bad again. You know, they, they, want, to re, they want to get back to those days with Griffey uh, roaming the outfield. They want to be good. They want to be relevant. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, so we'll see how that works out for him. It hasn't worked out yet. Um, some good news in the baseball world. Chad Bettis uh, did announce he is cancer-free. Obviously, Jess, that's good news for him. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was testicular cancer. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it was. So that's uh, definitely a treatable thing if you catch it in time. So I guess they did, and he's good, which is good. Yep, and he's not Lance Armstrong. I don't think he lost either one of them. So, well, good. Good for him. Good, good news for him. Um, and one thing that... I do want to talk about because you just brought it up (laughs) (laughs) and now it's going to like get me all going crazy. Um, Just you saw it, honestly, just you talk about it. What was, cause it was basically David Ortiz hinting that he's coming back. Yeah, but it's not really, it's just people speculating. I just saw it in the middle of the show. Uh, It just happened a couple hours ago at a 9.07 PM on this day, January 9th, 2017. David Ortiz, David Ortiz's Twitter tweeted at Boston Globe. That's it. Just at Boston Globe at the Boston Globe, Twitter, um, and then the Boston Globe Twitter responded and said, um, we're listening. You can tell us anything. So, <laughs> so now everyone's wild, everyone's speculating, everyone's commenting, everyone's writing articles, blah, 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 all the time. Every time this happens, now everyone's wondering, is he making an announcement to the Boston Globe that he's not retired anymore? Keep an eye on the Players' Tribune. Is he coming back? Yeah, so that's, that's, uh. I mean, 
as this as a Boston Globe article was just written at the beginning of it says, quote, it appears almost anything will get Red Sox Nation hoping beyond hope that David Ortiz will declare his return. <laughs> the now retired Sox hugger sent a mysterious tweet on Monday night tagging the Boston Globe's Twitter handle without any other text, which of course led several Boston baseball fans to hypothesize could Big Poppy be coming out of retirement. I don't even think like <laughs> I don't think he can move, never mind come back and play. I, I would love to see him play. Don't get me wrong. I don't I just, it still hasn't hit me yet, Jess. I don't think it will until spring training, but yeah. That being said, does this go away once the season starts? Like, are people going to stop looking for him to come back out of retirement once he's actually not on the team anymore? Probably not. I think people are still going <laughs> to do it. This might go on for a long time. Uh, you might want to buckle in and, and get ready for it. But, I mean, who knows what this is? At Boston Globe. I mean, as someone commented that I saw, which is kind of funny, they're like, watch him say that, that they uh, forgot to deliver a subscription today. <laughs> it could be as simple say, as so that. So you didn't you bring know. my newspaper. Um, That'd be a letdown for everyone thinking he's coming uh, out of retirement. Oh, actually, he just didn't get his newspaper today. Oh, he didn't oh, bring well. his paper. Sorry. He didn't deliver to the Dominican on time. Um, look, I think this is going to be news <laughs> until David Ortiz gets into the Hall of Fame. And even then, I think when he's in the Hall of Fame, I still think he's going to be asked if he's coming out of retirement. Because it's just so depressing to Red Sox fans that he's not going to be on the team because he's been a staple in this city for so long. Um, we got over Jason Theratek. We got over Johnny Damon leaving the city. Um, we got over Pedro not pitching for the Red Sox anymore. I think we can get over David Ortiz uh, not being a member of the Boston I, Red Sox. I think it's really – it's not even the fact of who he is or how big he was for the city, all of which is true. I think it's just the fact that his last season was so incredible it's and so, so good. Walk away like that. Yeah, people are like, how can he retire when he's still this good at baseball? It's not like he hit 200 with three home runs and eight RBI and couldn't even, like, play. Like, he was so good. He had an MVP-type yeah. season. That's what I think that's, what, that's what's bothering people. And it's great because it's like he went out on top, but nobody can accept it and be like, he's still good. He has to play. They can't accept that he wants to retire. So, like, they just want him to come back. I think that's what it really is. Oh, I know. It definitely is that. And I, I think that people just... If he was bad last year, Jess, I think it would be, okay, it's time, whatever. But one of the best yep. years of his career, he was an MVP talk for a while. People I were still convinced think he should have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, def- you, I know you did. Um, yeah, you were on the David Ortiz MVP bandwagon. But, I, I, I mean, realistically, almost all year, you could have made a case for it, right? So Yeah, he was the, clutch, he was great, part. he had the numbers. Yeah, was like good. He, he had a good MVP. He actually got votes, too. Like, he got votes. Yeah. So that being said, it's hard to see a guy like that in this city – even put together who he is and everything on the top of having an MVP type season in his swan song season at that age with bad feet, you, you know that he's something special and that's what Red Sox fans are kind of struggling with to let go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I am too, but I'm not going to take every single thing that he does on the internet as <laughs> thinking that he's coming back. That's a little, a little too far. The first step to everything is acceptance. Accept, accept the fact that he's not coming back and we'll all be better off for it. Um, and look, this Red Sox team, we, we, we know the numbers aren't going to be the same offensively because he's not in the lineup, but they're not a bad lineup without him. They still have the numbers. They still have the young bats. Hanley's still going to be your DH. You still have guys. Hopefully Pablo can come hit 260. And, you know, this lineup's still going to produce runs this year, Jess, even without him. Yeah, they'll still be good. I think the, the impact will, is going to be larger than people expect just because of how good he was, but you know, you got to move on. People, you know, Kevin Garnett leaves, Paul Pierce leaves, Pedro Martinez oh, leaves, Kevin you Garnett. know. Oh, sad. Um, you know, things might not be the same, but it happens. You just put me in a bad mood, bringing me up about Kevin Garnett being on the Celtics anymore. Ugh. 
Uh, you not over that one yet? <laughs> never. Later, I will never be over that one. He's yeah, probably my David Ortiz, Kevin Garnett. I missed him in the Celtics uniform. That was those were fun years to watch. Um, oh yeah, he's totally my David Ortiz too. Absolutely. When, when when we start talking Celtics, you know it's probably time that we have to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't forget follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, big shout again to Audible for being a uh, sponsor of the show this week. Um, shout out to Lauren. Feel better. Um, you might want to get some sleep. Um, we will be back next week. For Jess Thomas, I am Jared Scali. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio.